The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on this Thursday morning and giving me the opportunity to be part of your day. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, One quick reminder, as right now you can find this on my Facebook and Instagram page. Um, We're moving it over to the uh, churches, Grace Baptist Churches of Bakerfield, uh, California, moving it over to their YouTube channel. And uh, we'll be making some adjustments in that channel over the next week or two as we're moving to live stream with that channel as well on Sunday mornings. We're also moving to live stream through Instagram here soon. So we're adding a couple of those things in a couple of weeks. So just keep in touch, keep looking. But uh, if you want to find us in audio format, we do call this a Source of Truth podcast. So if you look up Source of Truth um, in, the, uh, in, in, in the audio format, through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, things of that nature, uh, you'll be able to uh, find us there. And hopefully this is an encouragement. We are in 2 Corinthians, and we just finished chapter 11 yesterday. So jumping into chapter 12, next chapter, next verse. As we jump in and just walk through, verse by verse through. Now this passage we're going to look at is a very unique one. I've, I've referenced this before, and a lot of people are like, what in the world are you talking about when you reference this passage? And I will say this, that when you read what we're and study, what we're going to look at just for the next few minutes today, it kind of gives you an understanding of how Paul can say something in Philippians for me to live as Christ and to die as game. So you can you know that is a good thing, and you get a bit of an understanding of Paul's perspective of things. And uh, so we'll look at that in the application in a moment. But let's jump into verse, chapter 12, verse 1. It says this, It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. He says, it's just, boasting is pointless. It is not really a good thing. He's still trying to do it. He's still trying to validate his position in contradiction to the uh, false teachers. But then he gives a unique scenario. And now he tries to reference this. He says in a second, I knew a man. He tries to reference this as theoretically he's not stating it's him. We know it's him. He's still... Um, he's, he's talking about himself and how it changes. And so I believe firmly that what you're looking at this passage is Paul is referencing a vision he had. And that's what we're going to look at. So he says, um, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or rather out of the body I do not know. Um, God knows such a one was caught up to the third heaven. Let me explain a little bit. He says, I don't necessarily know if this vision was something where I was asleep and I I was just taken as I kind of into being able to see the spiritual realm or if I was physically taken to it. Like you go to the book of Revelation, John was taken in a physical form to the throne room of heaven. Uh, And so we, the one of it, it doesn't really matter. He's able to see. And I think once you get into connecting to the spiritual realm, uh, how to explain it's different. He said, I really can't explain how this happened. He says, I know it did to give it in human understanding. I can't do really well right now. But he said, I know a man who did this, but God knows. And he said, so um, he was caught up into the third heaven. Now, uh, the third heaven would be the aspect of where Jesus lives. Uh, where God is, where he, where he's at. So you've got the first, second, you know, those are kind of space and things and in, in, in where we recognize. So he's referencing, he has been given, should we say, he's being able to see paradise at that time, you know, paradise of heaven um, in, in the flesh. He's being able to see it. Um, he said how he was caught up. He have given verse three, and I know such a man, whether in body or out of body, I do not know, God knows. How he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. He says, so I, I, I was taken, and he calls it paradise, heaven. He was taken up 
into this place where he was able to see things, things we can't utter. He goes, he's, of course, he's watching the supernatural realm. He's seeing and experiencing the supernatural realm. He's in the, the angelic realm, heaven. So he says things we can't utter, whether that means things we just don't have the ability to utter or whether he's saying, man, things I just cannot explain to you. He goes, things I just don't even have the right to tell you. This is what I saw. He goes, so I, I, we're not able, we're not, we're not going to do that. He goes, of such a one I will boast. Yet of myself I will not boast, except in my infirmities. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool. For I will speak the truth. But if I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. So he's finalizing this reference, and he is. He's referencing, I know there's the question of, I don't know about the boast on this man, but I'll boast on my infirmities. He says, I'm not trying to make a big push about this. I've seen, I've been able to see what God has done. I've been able to see something. And he begins to give a glimpse of eternity, of glimpse. Now, I think we can say this is one of the reasons why Paul was able to have such a zealous, passionate view of the gospel thing. Because this was 14 years earlier before writing this. So this was early in his ministry. Uh, you can say in this point, he was able to see something that drove him. He, he was able to experience something that the average Amer everyday Christian just won't see. And what do you say, why? Well, you go back to Philippians where he says, for me to live as Christ to die is gain. For, you know, for me to be alive is good for the church. For me to be in heaven is better. He had seen what's coming. Um, I'm not going to go back and say that Paul was suicidal. I don't believe that. Paul just understood, having known what was next, uh, he saw the hope in that. Now, here, here's what are, what are some applications to pull from this? Because this is really a practical application. He was given a vision. He, he was explaining the vision. Really what he's trying to say is, these other people have pedigree, but I have, I have been given opportunities from Jesus and from God. I've been able to see things and experience things that no pedigree can offer. And again, he's validating his ministry, he's validating his teaching, and things of that nature. So what, what, what do we do? What tell, you know, when you look at Scripture, you want to look at the idea of there's interpretation. What does the Bible say? And I believe there's only one interpretation. It's This is what God intended that passage to say. Now, I do believe there are multiple applications. Right? So how I apply that to my life would be different than how someone else applies it to their life. So there can be numerous applications. When you hear different men preach on the same passage, they're going to come with this is the core, this is the interpretation of the passage. How that applies will vary based upon their culture, based upon their audience. It'll apply actually a bit differently to an adult audience than it will to a teen audience, than it will to a, a ch children audience, even though the Bible's written for all of them. So the application will vary based upon, you know, based upon an American culture due to a European culture. All these things will change. So God's word has got one truth, but the way it applies that's where the Bible says it's alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So what is it that when you look at something like this and you say, okay, you, get, you see what Paul experienced, but what does that mean for me? Well, let me just give you a couple thoughts here. Paul, one, we, I'm, one, I will tell you this, I think the experiences that Paul experienced are not something that still happens today. I do not believe that these kind of visions still happen. Paul was unique. He was an apostle. There's a lot of very specific gifts given to the apostle for the beginning of the church that I do not believe are currently in existence today. Um, you know, we know in the, in the in tribulation time, the prophecy comes, there's going to be some changes in that. But in our current age, uh, the church age, I do not believe that those type of gifts still exist today. But then what else, what, what can we get beyond that than just outside of some information like that? Paul was able to recognize that there was something so much greater than what he was experiencing. So think about what that helped him to do. It helped him, number one, 
It helped him to be able to go beyond the pain and go beyond the punishment that he endured that we've talked about just recently. He was able to go beyond that because he saw something bigger. He knew something was better. It gave him a different view of the, the world landscape. He wasn't consumed with the politics because eternity was what he was concerned with. And a simple point, one the phrase that is, you probably have heard many times, is he, he started living with eternity's values in view. When you can see beyond the cultural struggles, to eternity, to heaven and hell, to what comes next, and the fact that other people, everybody's going to go to one of these two places, and it really comes down to their relationship with Jesus, whether they have one or they don't, where they're going to spend eternity. It changes our perspective. So if the application we can pull from this is simple, Paul's life and zealousy and his ministry was driven, I believe, by the reality of what he knew was next. We're the same, we can have the same thing. Our perspective on our life, our perspective on how we rear our families, our perspective on the culture, on the politics, and everything happening right now. I think we should be engaged, I think we should vote, we should be aware of what's going on, but I don't think we should be consumed by it. We should be consumed by what we know comes next and use the time we've been given here to let that drive us. Sometimes we're driven by our political affiliation or we're driven by our, you know, the stock market or finances or economy. And well, I think we need to be aware of those things. Boy, may we be more driven by the reality of what's next, by the reality of what's really important, eternity, than not so driven. And I, I don't like the idea that some people see you can be so heavenly minded, you know, earthly good. And I, there's, a, there's some truth to that. But I hope that what happens is that our heavenly perspective is what guides us. And see, what happens is sometimes our earthly perspective guides our, our Christian walk. Okay, this is what the world does, and I work my, my, my walk, my service, my ministry around my human perspective, where it should be the eternal perspective should guide my work, should guide where I'm going to live, whether or not I go to church. It's all driven by the eternal perspective. And may that be each and every one of our desires. Thanks again for joining us on the Thursday morning. Give me a chance to be part of your day. I do greatly appreciate it. Hope you're encouraged by this. Hope it's an encouragement. At least gives you some simple explanations of what's taking place in these different passages. Again, thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.